Basketball.com. My name's Phil. Partner, as always, name is James. So uh, I owe you a bit of a belated Merry Christmas and just about to be Happy New Year. Um, oh, this is bogus. All right, so let's let's tell the real story here. We just had some technical snafus and had to start over again, and he just stole my intro. You you thief. Because it was good. I'm giving you credit. Every single time I try to give you credit, you take it away from me. You weren't going to give me credit. You were going to steal that as your own just now when I said uh, belated Merry Christmas and an early Happy New Year. And now look at you. Bite my style, man. All right. Well, look. Fine. It was all yours. but But I still wish it towards you because it's all love and basketball. See? What did, Santa, what, is, what did Santa bring you? What did Santa bring you this year? Santa brought me a lot of hate, apparently. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Santa brought me socks. I'm an adult now, so got some like argyle and striped socks, and uh, and some family love. Uh, family in from uh, Michigan, so good times. Getting a uh, the one thing that I, I I wish they would have brought me and Santa brought me is uh, Montreal to have their own hip hop station. I'm not gonna lie, I don't understand how we, we're an urban si- station, urban city like this. And we're still dealing with just three top 40 stations. Dude, get Spotify. Do you not have Spotify? I've got Spotify. I just feel like in the car, like, like I should have a hip-hop station. Like, it just doesn't make sense. Um, I'm just, just playing Spotify in your car, bro. Yeah, no, you're right. You're right. I don't, I don't get what's happening right now. Bye. <laughs> it's because I, I, I have one of those older cars that has a CD player and a radio. So getting Spotify would require me changing the intro. Look, bro, I'm not even trying to stun on you right now. You can get you either an aux cord to plug in or you can that. even get one of those get one of those um them joints that plugs into your, your car lighter. Nah, you plug your car lighter and it's like a little um it's like a little oh, like radio Oh, the like AM guy can, there that kinda like masks it. You have to put it on like the staticky station and mask. Yeah. Let's let's hey man, keep it one keep it one thousand and just do what you gotta do. You just uh you just made my year. Because uh, I'm actually like thinking right now, I'm like I'm gonna go pick this up tomorrow. But um, speaking of good pickup, well, I'm actually, you know what? I'm not gonna be rude. How was how was your Christmas, man? Nah, you already started. Don't don't even try to backtrack now. <laughs> I spent it in in Arizona with my mom's, and uh, you know I just got cash and uh, you know a little little stocking stuffers. It was cool. I just got some time go. to get away from here, but you already were rude, so don't try to backtrack it now. It's okay. All right, man. Well. I'm not even gonna call it the name that I want to call it because I know you hate it. So um, no, I want to make I want to make fun of you on the air. Make, call call it that. Go ahead. Okay, guys, I want you guys to write us on Twitter. Do you like the name Holus Hitters? Holus Hitters. James Holus. It's his quick hitters at the start of the show. I'm saying he does a good job. I like to call him the Holus Hitters. That's terrible. It sounds like some kind of weird blunt smoking maneuver. Like, if a bunch of guys were sitting around getting high, they'd, they'd, they'd hey, man, that was a holeless hitter. Come on, man. <laughs> you um, really want to do a holeless hitter tonight, guys? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Back <laughs> to the drawing board. <laughs> First away team and now holeless hitters. You guys, you're over 2 with names. Oh, this this um, one's on so me, man. <laughs> on, uh, on Christmas Day, uh, on Christmas Day, Cavs and, and, and Dubs gave us an instant instant classic uh, great game a lot of drama a lot of animosity you know the teams really don't like each other what's really funny to me is how much disrespect 
LeBron shows to the Cavs, I mean to the uh, to the Warriors. I love the fact that he really just seems to not really like and to the rim, and, and to the rim. Yeah, he hung on the rim for like forty five seconds, and the refs knew not to give him a tee because he was hype and he's home. Um, does this game mean anything? That you know the Cavs, the the Warriors were up fourteen in the fourth. Seemed like they were going to get this monkey off their back, um, and the and you know without even flinching, the Cavs did what they do, and again ended with a. Uh, uh, a Kyrie Irving, you know, hero shot and a little controversy at the end with the no call. Um, the the well, lasting memory I'm going to have of this game of, uh, is is Steph Curry sitting on the bench with his head in his hands on that last play. So, yeah, you tell me. Talk to me. What, is this, what does this game mean going, moving forward for both teams? It's kind of a couple of things. I mean, one, if you look at Kyrie's steps, he, he like he definitely walked going over Clay on that last shot, but... Boo. Boo, you're I don't like I don't I don't like travel truthers. All right. This is the NBA. This is not this is not grade school. All right, this all right, not, all right. Next. Know, so But uh this one showed me a couple things. A the refs are willing to let the caps be physical with the Warriors. I, like I think it's kind of interesting as the NBA's progressed away from like the eighties and nineties were really physical. We're getting more kind of finesse more and more and more. And the Warriors are kind of the you know the climax of that idea they just have all these like besides Draymond's like, like kind of softer players you know and then you're seeing the Cavs being allowed to kind of put some muscle into them and on top of that it's just the Warriors like they have all these great first quarters but just it just seems to wane at the end and I think that and I think if I was a Warriors fan for all the entertainment value I think that would worry me, like my ability to close games and finish off opponents. Like you're up 14, and you got to get that done. So my question to you, I mean, does that like like it's December, and yeah, it's a regular season game. Um, the Warriors are still, you know, have a great record. What are they, what are they now? 27 and five, I think. Is that right? Yeah, but that still matters, right? I mean, because they're playing. Why? Why? Why does it matter? Look, Why does it matter? Look, each team is playing a lot of garbage teams. Let's face it, there are a lot of garbage teams in the NBA this year. Like, there's a small handful of good ones. Like, the second tier is even small in my mind. So, a, a lot of those wins are inconsequential to me. The thing that matters is, ever since the season started, everyone's mind was in the finals, seeing these two teams play. And you can't keep losing to Cleveland. At a certain at a certain point, you have to start winning again, because you traded the farm for Kevin Durant or got rid of however you want to say it. And to me, yeah, you lost a lot of nice players. Of course, you want to you want to get KD, but they look like Charmin soft right now. And I always worried when it came to the playoffs. And this looks like playoff basketball to me. Look. Does it matter in terms of them having the number one seed in the West or maybe the whole NBA? Probably not. But does it matter come finals when they're probably going to meet with each other again and they're going to remember? Like, these these guys aren't robots. They remember what happened. Like, like I think Clay's going to want that shot back or the that defensive assignment back. But I don't know. I think... Uh, I mean, this is my thing. Uh, they're, they're Yeah, they're 27 and 5. Over the last 15 games, which is a pretty good indicator how a team's playing now, right? That they're, they're like 30 something games mm-hmm. in. They are uh, they're 12 and three. They ha- they are number they're third in offensive rating and third in defensive rating. Uh, I mean, and the two guys ahead of them in offensive rating aren't the same two guys ahead of them in defensive rating. They're what is what is there to worry about? This is 30 games in. They got like almost 50 games still to figure things out. Because again, none uh, of that matters. Because a lot of those stats are taken against teams that don't matter. 
Every, but, the only I thing mean, that matters is how you play against Cleveland. They lost by they lost by like what one point? One point, yeah. They lost by one yeah. point. And and there were like two there was like two missed calls down the down the stretch that that could have changed the game. It's I think over the last what four games like these teams are separated by like four like five or six points. Super close. They, they, some stat was yeah. So uh, should they really? Uh, does it suck? Does it sting for the ego? Sure. Should they be concerned? I don't think so. I mean, but I mean, if you look at the other side, I could see it as a good thing to take that hit early and maybe you learn from that and become bitter, and it's like a motivating factor. I could see that. But but you can't take nothing from this It's a long game. season. Of course you take nothing from it. I mean, it's, 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 the only thing you take from it is pride, and, and you try to get better next game, man. Like, I mean, I do, I'm do. i with you, kind of. The, I feel like in one hand, I think the Cavs are in their head. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, LeBron being a top five all-time player already. I think Kyrie's in their <laughs> head because I think, like, all along, they're like, hey, LeBron's the best player on this planet. We get it. But Kyrie's dominance of them, I think that's worrying. Because when you deal with one guy who we know is just a whole lot better, but you have a dream team, but then this other guy starts talking about, like, oh, like right now, when they play each other, is Kyrie Irving not the third best player on the floor? Um, At times, he's the second best player, you know, especially towards the okay. end of the game. Because while he was hitting, well, fair enough, I mean, but while I, he was hitting, but, uh, but our, boy, our boy was spraying shots all over the court. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? so I know um, what you mean, but it's just like it – like. You've got to tell yourself if you're the Warriors, like we just brought arguably the second best player in the planet over to our team, and when we play these guys, they have the top two players. Speaking of which, that's a good segue because I think we beat that one to death. I, I I don't think it's a big deal. You think it's a little more significant than I do. It's it seems to be this growing groundswell of uh, I don't know what the word I'm going to say. Uh, maybe what's the perfect word I'm looking for a growing groundswell of just unhappiness with Kyrie Irving for some reason. And ESPN, the worldwide leader for some reason has been on this anti Kyrie kick. And they, it's funny cause they try to, they try to hide it as a not anti Kyrie kick. Um, first they had my man, Ben Alomar over there had a whole article and just, just the title alone, very passive aggressive, mm-hmm. very, very backhanded compliment. Kyrie Irving is still good, but not keeping pace with the NBA's elite guards, even though he just won a title. And, you know, none of them other ones He's did. playing his and role perfectly. They talked about, this is a quote from the article. A funny thing happened on the way to Kyrie's, uh, Irving's superstardom, because the first paragraph talks about how he was great as a rookie, uh, how he's better than John Wall, Russell Westbrook, Chris Paul's rookies, and at the same age. Um, then a funny thing happened on, the way to, on Irving's way to superstardom, however. He did not really get much better. All the aforementioned names got significantly better at their age after their age 20-plus season. With the exception of Wall, all have been legitimate MVP candidates. Irving, meanwhile, remains really good, but not truly a light player. Yeah, but because he um, became the second player on his team when they got LeBron James. You can't, like, Westbrook, it, it's different, man. And, like, all, like, LeBron James is their surrogate point guard. Like, like... Everyone hates on LeBron because he doesn't take the final shot. That's why Kyrie Irving fits so well with him. He's the exact counterpoint to LeBron James, and he fits that perfectly. I see it the opposite, man. Not the opposite. I just see it as the people are bored. These are We're almost hitting the dog days of the season where it's a long NBA season. There's not much to talk about. Somebody, somebody came up with a bright idea. You know what? Kyrie's in the spotlight. He's had a great game. Let's let's start let's start on Kyrie. Let's let's find a way to get the people talking. You remember um, that song, you know, Jay Z and Kanye that 
uh, that in Paris song mm-hmm. where the guy was like, you know, I don't even know what that means. And he's like, you know, it gets the people talking. <laughs> That's what it seems like. Over his last five games, Kyrie Irving is averaging almost 24 points, 11 assists, and he's shooting like 50% from the floor, 39% from three. That's including and he's tonight. dropping daggers uh, when it matters. Against uh, Avery Bradley and Marcus Smart, he went 12 for 17 and dropped 32 points. It had 12 assists. With and those are really good defenders. Turnovers. I mean, it's – I was watching the game, man. It's it's frustrating because he's so quick and he can get where he wants on the floor at any given time. So, um, so but here's the thing. And and it's funny because ESPN, the guys that are smart, they're doing this thing where they're, they're using facts because it's true. If you look at his rookie season and you think about how most players, all right, they come as a rookie and they get better and better and, and you see the improvement over years – Usually it's a pretty, you know, let's say it's a steep, a steep 45 degree arc for a couple of years where they just get better and better and better. Well, his has been more like 20 degrees and he's, you know, he's really good, obviously. I'm not saying he's not, but to try to compare him to those other elite guys, it's not his fault, but it's just, he's just not those guys. But he's, he's probably, I'd say a top, maybe three individual pure score we have in the league right now. Oh, for and sure. He fits with LeBron James. And so it's, he gets the people talking, um, Look, if Le- know, LeBron James is a smart guy. If he didn't believe in Kyrie Irving, he would have been out of there by now. I'll just put it that simply. LeBron James is one of those intelligent players in the league. He knows what it takes to win, and he knows Kyrie Irving's one of those guys that's going to make it happen. But you know what? It makes me feel like like I I keep thinking about this Jeff the Jeff Van Gundy comment when he was like trying to put numbers on everything, every little thing in basketball, suck some of the joy out of it. So to try to take Kyrie Irving's game and distill it down to you know, value replacement players and warp and and box score plus minus. That's not that's not Let's how. Let's see who's going to be there just, in the finals. Yeah, so I, I, it's it's a little overblown. Obviously, I think it's a little overblown. I'm not even a big Kyrie fan, but the guy can just flat out score, and that that matters. Too many people try to like scoring just doesn't matter anymore. Um, in other news, Phil and Jeannie, they finally called it quits. Hurting Phil Jackson is such and his sweet his longtime fiance Jeannie Buss uh, has went separate ways. Um, what's the first thing you thought when you heard this? Uh, Mellow can't be a happy guy. <laughs> like, cause there was part of me that thought that Phil Jackson had one foot out the door already, um, was gonna head back to LA at a certain point, and now no reason to. So uh, the disgruntled garbage train that is the New York Knicks are stuck with him for a little bit longer, and. You know his uh, his reign as executive of uh, of nightmares continues. Yeah, the funniest I saw a tweet where a guy was like, "Phil and Jeannie called it quits so they could both pilot mediocre franchises down into the abyss." I you believe know, like Jeannie's franchise has, has a future. Yeah, yeah. Just so don't, hey, hey, don't don't step on the joke. Don't step on the joke. All let right, it, all let right, it breathe. Right. It was pretty funny. Um, what else? Oh, and then let's talk about George Carl. George Carl is in the news again. We took a couple weeks off, so I, I know I don't think we even talked about the first time. We talked about him and Melo. I don't know. It doesn't matter. So George Carl's coming out with his book, Furious George. And first he ripped Carmelo and he ripped Kenyon Martin and talked about how they don't have fathers to try to, you know, they don't have, they didn't have fathers to show them how to be men. Wow. This is just, and so then he takes it a step further and he's, somebody's interviewing him. He's talking about Portland and their struggles in Portland. And he said, hey, Terry Stott's a good coach. I, I'm going to say that Dame is the problem. Out of the blue. And uh, for the record, uh, Terry Stott stood up for his player and, and seemed really 
disgusted by those comments or you know unhappy with those comments. He he, he stridently denied. Uh, this guy it needs to get kicked out of basketball. I think George Carl is sounding like he's uh, he's been drinking some bitter coffee late because this guy is just. I was watching that Kenyon Martin interview. It was uh, I forgot if it was on Fox or ESPN, but. Um, like just saying, oh, he actually can talk about it because he's out of the league. There's a lot of players that don't like this dude. I mean, like he's failed with a lot of players. He's had Mello, he's had Boogie, he's had you know countless others, and just you know he's he, like wins losses. He's a decent coach, but um, you know sometimes you need players to believe in you to get past X points, and he hasn't shown that he can do that. It's not even believing you. I think all teams need to have a certain connection, and I, I think coaches can't fake that connection. And I think we're seeing maybe one of the problems with a lot of uh, George Call teams in the past, why they seem to have great stats but kind of hollow in the middle, and it starts with him. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm going to say this, and what he's saying now, people are like, oh, it's insight, and why can't he have an opinion? He is unasked, unwarrantedly insulting these players and his ideas and his way of thinking is at at best ignorant at worst it's racist um and it's a very thinly veiled uh you know maybe deep-rooted kind of racism in him that he's letting come to the surface but it also shows why maybe he didn't connect with his players in a certain way and I, I, it just goes to show that sure the nba is a you know it's a 90 90 odd, you know, 95% African American league. And, it's, you know, it's a lot of these, these, uh, older white coaches who connect these, these players. And that's great in a lot of ways, but also shows you just because they work together doesn't mean that they understand where you're coming from. And I think it's, it's, it's really sad because George Call was well respected around the league. Um, but it's, it's, it's part know, of that it's, old it's guard sad, and it's time to change shifts. Well, and even so, there's an old guard who, you know, look at people like Pop. You know, Pop steps up and says what's on his mind and is a very uh, forward-thinking guy. He's an old guy, so I'm not going to give him that pass either. So it's it's just sad, and it's pretty gross. It's And it's he should be ashamed of himself. Boo, George Carl. What a joke. Uh, but maybe it's time to talk about some more positive things, like New Year's and New Year's resolutions. Well, you know the saying. People, people you're going to see it all over Facebook over the next couple days. New Year, new me. So, uh, we mean me and Phil got the idea. We wanted to come up with what 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 teams and players should ask for, not ask for. How should they try to change themselves in New mm-hmm. Year? It's time for to hear some NBA NBA New Year's resolutions. Well, there are a few teams. Um, one of the ones that I kind of wanted to start out with, you know, being the uh, being the Canuck, which means Canadian for those who don't drink enough maple syrup. Uh, the Toronto Raptors. I want to hold up a big. Uh, a big sign and bring all the Raptors together to, for a relationship uh, couples counselor uh, for a believe in JV intervention. I think this te- this team is going to go as far as they can use JV on a consistent level because we saw with their loss uh, today we're recording on Thursday um, when when Terrence Ross is not consistent can't be their third score that hurts and we saw JV he matters in the playoffs I think if Toronto has any shot at really making any noise, they got to believe in JV, and I don't think that backcourt does. I won't name names, but they're both small stars. So, I mean, here's the thing. You're saying that they need a, a counselor? Mm-hmm. I, I'm going to say that I think they need a divorce lawyer. Because Ooh, are we talking trade? I think they need to probably move him. I think they need to. I mean, 
you know, JV and uh, Vucci Man down in Orlando have a lot of the same qualities. They're they're actually high quality players, but they just don't fit how their teams play. That's just it. I mean, Toronto wants to play fast. Uh, you know, they played their, their best when they had Bayambo last year, and uh, it, I, I get it. You want JV to be that third scorer, but I mean, he he just doesn't really fit the mold. Yeah, fit the, fit the it, mold. Yeah, but that's need. tough, right? Because like every every team in the league wants that type of guy. Like there are like a small handful of good ones who you're ever gonna trade. For. Listen, their offense is at their best when they they have uh, what's his name, Nogueira. Yeah. Luca. So yes. I mean, they they literally came and and overpass and overtook, uh, you know, overtook Golden State, which had one of the best, very best offenses in history. They've been over the last 15 games. They have, they don't have the best. Golden State doesn't have the best offensive rating in the NBA. Does Toronto does, and that's with Nugera starting. So it's look, it, it, I get it. You know, JV can play. It's just he might be playing somewhere else. Would you do a JV for DeAndre Jordan? If I was, if I was who? Yeah, the Clippers are saying no to that one big time. <laughs> I, was, I was just trying to think. I of, mean, sure. I, just, I was just trying to think yeah, of an of upgrade to Nogueira quick. But yeah. And it's crazy because um, you know Nogueira is probably not quite all they need, but the fact that even with him, they're as great as they are, that speaks volumes. Look, they lost to Golden State by ten. JV got twenty-one minutes. He had seven points and five rebounds. What are you going to blame? You know the guards for that. No, I mean he was he was getting his butt busted by um by by Big Head in Golden That's State. Uh, yeah, Pachulia was was whooping him around. You when Pachulia so, whoops like, you, you know you're in trouble. There you go. So yeah, you want to get him a relationship counselor? I say they might just need to get a divorce. Lawyer. I think I'm believing with Put you. Put him for adoption, man. Um, for me, I'm gonna say the Thunder. I think uh, I think I think Westbrook's gonna do some introspection and he's gonna start taking yoga. Uh, maybe book himself a weekend retreat spa day and uh just get in touch with himself because i say the next evolution for okc other than you know maybe making a big trade and bringing in somebody like boogie and you know or blake those things are like that's pretty much science fiction that's probably not going to happen i think westbrook has shown over the last six games that he really is a next level player i think his next step in his evolution he has to get a hold of his inner zen he just had this killer stretch of play um, from when they played Phoenix until last game against Miami, six games. The guy was shooting 49% from the floor, 39% from three. Uh, he was closing games out with authority, you know, showing off that offensive But he's flash. getting no help, man. Were, he's going to get frustrated. Well, they were they were a blown – yeah, I was going to say, they were a blown – like a blown call against Atlanta, that two-minute report again. There were two blown calls against Atlanta from being 6-0 and that stretch. Tonight against Memphis, he starts sniping at the refs, and he gets ejected in the third quarter. Um, Russ just has to know that he can't do that kind of thing for this team to have any chance with Oladipo out and just as, as thin as they are with ball handlers. So I think the next step for New Year's resolution, they're going to get, uh, yeah, they're going to get him a, 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 you know, a personal life coach and some some zen in his life so he can find his next level because he has to keep his head when things get tough for them to have a chance. I don't know if I can picture uh, West doing some hot yoga, but we'll figure that one out. Um, I got next the Charlotte Hornets. And I want an audition for American Idol for these boys. I think they're one of the better teams that absolutely no one outside of hardcore hoop heads pay attention to. Um, I've been hating on them for a long time, but at least I've been paying attention, giving people who promote these guys their props where it's due. Um, This is a team with a lot of talent. I still think they need a legit big to add to this. And 
strangely enough, I think this could be a really nice cousin's land. But I, I give me give me the give me the pieces of that trade that you think would work. Because that's the problem. They just don't have the assets. I mean, no, Frank Kaminsky is okay. You know, who okay. do they have? Uh, Michael King, Michael King. They're just Gilchrist. like the they, worst they drafters on the planet. Oh, uh, the, uh, them and the Kings would be pretty close. I'm not going to give them that. No, because they didn't draft. Because their thing is they draft for fit. They don't draft best player available. So they draft these guys who fit. Which is terrible. And are helping them win. You've but got like again, four guys who do the same thing on that team. You can't. Look, they're, they're the anti-you where all you think about is assets and flipping <laughs> and doing all that. They're the anti-you and Maury. They said, hey, we're drafting because we are a decent team and want to get better. And we want to get guys who fit what we do. And, I mean, for the most part, I guess it works. I guess I I wasn't that high in them coming in this it's year. Gonna work until the second round. They came out kind of hot and kind of surprised me. Um, but I think there are like the last fourteen games they're like eight and six or something, and you know they've had some tough losses. They lost to Brooklyn a couple nights ago. So whatever. I think Shaw's you know good, not great. I think we already talked about this. They're sitting what fourth in the in the yep. East right now. Nobody nobody's really scared of Charlotte. But again, hey, on the flip side of that. You know, you ever heard somebody say, "Oh, this team's built for the playoffs." Mm-hmm. That that's probably them because they play, you know, they play tough defense. You can't key in on one guy, even though Kemba is their guy. They got scoring from other spots on the floor. Um, I'm looking at their last 15 Except games. Their downside, the, like the, the Clippers, will be the curse of the tiny point guard. Ugh, they're they're 17th in offensive so rating over the last 15 games. <laughs> yeah, and again, like you, yeah, I'm with you on that, man, because um, Kemba is. Uh, you when you know, can't I block shots and you have a tiny point guard, you're in trouble. It hurts. It hurts because they cut off his head. The only only saving grace. I, I already said this to you earlier. I think they're kind of like the Bizarro Celtics. Yeah. Because the tiny point guard runs everything. They got a do it all guy who's sta- who's whose value is beyond stats. In Nick Batum, we got you know Celtics got Al Horford. So there's a lot of parallels. They're both really high-quality teams that play kind of like college teams, and that's what kind of just, yeah, whatever. At least they got Nick Batum. Uh, so, uh, so who's your fourth there? Um, I got the Clippers, man. I think the Clippers are gonna, Clippers are gonna start trying to, you know, they 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 kind of realize that they want to do more with their life, so they're gonna get their real estate license and maybe start looking to travel agents to, you know, really kind of spread their wings a little bit and live life because they've been. You know, they've been kind of stale and stagnant. I think um, it's time for them to start looking for a trade for Blake. I think they need to start to find a new home for Blake. You would definitely trade Blake before DeAndre? I would. If I had my druthers, I'd trade Chris Paul before all of them, but I know that's not going to happen. See, I agree with you, man. I uh, I honestly think that's – but uh, but again, like what we're kind of saying is you can't do that or else they'd murder you. Like like the city would kill you for a gig. Oh, I don't care about that. I just don't think – I don't know what value you're going to – well, I, like let's think about it. So Chris Paul's a free agent uh, next summer. And it's the same thing with Blake, I guess. But Blake, I think, has more value for that reason because he's younger. He's younger. Um, yeah, and I think he still has like more upside. I I think he's their most important player, man. I don't care what anybody says about Chris Paul. And the, the, runt, the runt Chris Paul doesn't – you know, he, that's he's not going to take you to the promise, no. man. So, yeah, well, they definitely could use that. And uh, I think that's what's going to take to to get over the hill. But, uh, oh, I think we hit the two minute warning here in the first half of the away team podcast. So we're going to have to catch you on the second half. We'll be right back. What did I forget something? Did I forget something? Yep. We sure did. What did I forget? Because right now, while the refs are reviewing in the last two minutes, I also got one more. The heat. The Heat are going to get Pat Riley a book, man, because he's 
he's so into himself and he's just so he, they're gonna they're gonna get the heat they're gonna get Pat Riley a book called Learn to Let Go, and they're gonna talk him into Hey man, we're not we're not good this year. We need to blow this up. We gotta got control of our pick. We need to, we need to tank. Yeah, that was a really weird team signing Whiteside when you let everyone else go and you're like, really? What are you guys doing? It, I was watching Whiteside get himself housed to just get pounded by Stephen Adams and Enos Cantor and just shaking my head because sure, you know, you know, Stephen Adams is a max player too, but you know, or you know, big money player you know, too. People don't talk about it, Stephen it, Adams the same way they were talking about Hassan Whiteside. Well, just the fact that I mean, I, he quit. I watched him quit. You know, he came out and, um, you know, I think in the first half he had like three rebounds while Adams and Kendra were eating everything up. And then the second half he was just kind of out there. And then he played hard for like four minutes in the fourth. And then, that was, you know, when they kind of made a little little comeback and that was it. So Hassan Whiteside, an incredibly talented top-tier center who quits on his team because he just doesn't have it. I wonder what team could have drafted that guy into existence. Uh, do you know the answer to this one? Of course, he's he got drafted Sacramento by Sacramento Kings. Kings. <laughs> but I mean, I'm just I'm really glad the Celtics uh, whiffed on that and didn't throw money at him. Or and people were saying, oh, the Blazers need him. He doesn't need no team. If you unless you're a good team with a guy like Dwayne Wade and LeBron James, you don't want him on your team. So, um, so there we go. That that was the All buzzer. Right. Bang. See you in the second half. What you mean you ain't never heard about the away team? What you mean you ain't never heard about the away team? The away team? And the away team? Those guys, that's the away team. And on the other side of the buzzer, we are back. Cheerleaders have shaken their pom-poms. We've seen the, the jugglers, the cat axe, the... Whoa, 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 what? You saw the, you saw the cheerleader what? Cheerleaders shaking their pom-poms. Pom-poms. And then, oh, jugglers. jugglers. You said jugglers. At NBA oh, halftime okay. events for the fans. So we're saying, okay. after all this, and speaking of the fans, we're all fans ourselves. And one kind of comparative that we've seen uh, bustling around the Twitterverse and other social media outlets, um, there are two teams that have some young guns, and this came up as a comparison. The Milwaukee Bucks and Minnesota Timberwolves. Since the start of the season, including ourselves, we've been hyping the Timberwolves, saying, you know, not this year, but they have a great future. Giannis Antetokounmpo, obviously coming off a stellar year last year, bringing, coming into his own this year. Jabari Parker is a guy that a lot of people have kind of forgotten about, being in Milwaukee, being the second pick kind of sandwich between Andrew Wiggins and Joel Embiid, but putting up some really good numbers of late. So the question was asked, who, is the, who has the better two-man future between the Bucks with Giannis Antetokounmpo and uh, Parker, or the Minnesota Timberwolves with Carl Anthony Towns and the uh, and Andrew Wiggins, and I've been told um, uh, 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 with no apologies, I'm not allowed replacing Wiggins with uh, Levine as much as I want to. Yeah, you might want to do that, and that's that's not what we're talking about here. We're talking about Wiggins and Cat versus Alphabet. That's my my name for Giannis like and Jabari. I'll let you go first. You you got the stage. You tell me you're building for the next five to seven mm-hmm. years. Which core are you taking? I'm taking uh, Minnesota's all day. I think on, on a bare <laughs> level, <laughs> I have the best player out of the four, and I prob I have the best and either third or fourth, depending how you value it. Um, I think I have a guy who I don't have to worry about that much. 
I I don't know. I like like I just really like the idea of like even if Wiggins doesn't even get much better, I just like that he's athletic, has that size, and can be a good complementary piece to the best player in that group. And and Carlton Towns to me is just so much better than the rest that honestly, like I hate to say it, but Antetokounmpo, I like I I I'm just really worried of him getting seriously injured. What, based on uh, what? It's just his body type, how he moves, and, and he's all... I don't know. Maybe I have nothing. That's just ins- gut feeling. Whatever. Yeah, you're just you're just talking. Because you're saying he's hands down the best out of them all, but I mean, Giannis right now is, is on some next otherworldly things. And it's funny because I think narrative shapes a lot of the way we think. Because Cat was believed to be... Is, and he is. He's going to be the next big, big thing. He's great. But... I mean, let's let's look at the uh, look at the standings right now. One team is fifteen and fifteen, and in the playoff picture, and the other team is is not in the West, even with Zach Levine. So I mean, I'm wondering where where are you coming from saying saying you know he's that much better? You know, he's what I'm playing saying? in I mean, the Western right Conference. Now, he's got to play against way better teams all the time. Look, I totally get what you're saying with Antetokounmpo. I just think. When the game slows down, when playoffs matter and stuff like that, like, like regular season's all fun, but I just know that in the playoffs and how the, how those always play. I mean, out. Giannis is Giannis is averaging. Well, you're what are you worrying about the playoffs about? Because they're not going to reach the playoffs anytime soon. Giannis right now is. So I mean, what are you talking about? Giannis is averaging only a couple less rebounds than Carl Anthony Towns and scoring more, and he's giving you the assists, and he's giving you the steals, and he's giving you more blocks. What are you What are you talking about right now? What what makes Carl Anthony Towns better? They're the same, almost the same height. What makes him better? <laughs> I like having the weight there. I think just uh, the, the ability to have him at center to to defend some guys his size I think matters. But look, it it it's a it's a back and forth. I I'm still gonna stick to my guy even though I I I adore your player. But let's go to that second tier. Parker against Wiggins. Oh, and I, I'm going to say this right now. I I think that if you you know you gave them some truth serum, you probably get Minnesota's front office to admit that they they if they could get a mulligan they would, because I think Jabari has been as far as as a secondary scorer, he is better than what Andrew Wiggins would be. Now Andrew Wiggins has the advantage with the you know with the long arms and the tools to be a good defender, even though he's always not really a good defender yet. But he doesn't really give you anything else. And like other night, Jabari Parker had what, like 39 and seven. Um, he's showing a lot better ball handling. He's showing that explosiveness again after the knee injury. I mean, I, I think at the time people were trying to say, oh, yeah, it's close. But it was one of those things they were making conversation for the draft. But we're seeing Jabari Parker. I mean, he was he was his comparison with Carmelo, prime Carmelo, which is excellent. And he's showing I was right hearing now big why dog people Glenn Robinson more, but um that's kind of an insult, really, because Big Dog was never that no, good. No, but he wasn't. Uh, but he was a number one overall pick. Um, uh, the one thing I, I will say was kind of a surprise is when Parker came out of Duke, I was looking at him, I was like, this is that like, like he looked doughy to me, and and he was, yeah. I mean, that's my and fan. and the fact that he's he's really put in, like he's thrown a couple dunks this year that honestly, like I've looked at, I was like, really, like you're not making that two years ago. Like, he's just, he's in really, really good shape. Now, look, Wiggins has improved a ton. The the only thing I'll say is, I think in a two-man group, when you're not factoring in the rest, I think Parker and Antetokounmpo are more complementary to each other than Wiggins and Towns. 
But in a team game, I think I take Wiggins and Towns. You see what I mean with that? And I, again, no, not really, because they, you know, we're talking about the team game now, and we're seeing that in the team game, you know, Minnesota can't close games out, or they blow games in the third with both of them on the floor. In the team game, Jabari and and Giannis right now are blowing out playoff teams because last year this is the same Detroit team that was the playoff team last year, and they're getting smashed. You know, um, it's I, I don't see I don't see what your comparison is, and I would rather have the guy who at 6'9", can grab the ball off the rim, go coast-to-coast, Eurostep, and dunk, or find a guy in the corner. Then the big man, who's awesome, and he played like a small forward, but he's still a big man. I mean, I, again, I watched I watched Steven Adams pretty much, you know, give him the blues in the second half. I, I haven't who's really seen Who's 6'9", in this story? Yeah, yet. Yes. Uh, I'm not even sure if I want to correct you because like, like I'm giving you more ammo because he's 6'11". Go ahead. What's he... That's yeah. even better. So there you go. Him and him and Carly now probably they're the same height. And again, I'm gonna tell you this. I keep telling you this. You, you for some reason you just you're not tracking with this. The wing is the thing if you want to win the NBA. And sure, you got Andrew Wiggins, but I got I'd rather have I'd rather have Giannis and Jabari Parker. You got two interchangeable switchy wings who can. You sit one, the other guy's still doing damage from the perimeter. So now that now that I, I say last year I, I was probably with you, but now that we got Jabari hitting threes. Give me that. All right. Now, if you want to take that, okay, I'll give you the victory on that one. Actually, I uh, argued that one pretty pretty well. Um, I'll, I'll admit that one. If you want to go one one level deeper and you have to add one more player from each, are we still picking um, uh, Milwaukee's team? And now it has to be the, it, it has to be the I, same range. Uh, sorry, I had to clarify that before you threw Middleton in there. It has to be that same like twenty-two and under kind of thing. What kind of nonsense is that? What we're talking. Why can't I take the guys that are on the same team? I mean, of course I take Middleton, Jabari, and and, and to the compo alphabet. I take them over. But so why? All right, so same range. So who am I adding? You gotta give me a player. Who am I? Adding? You got Thonbon. You got Thon Maker. <laughs> oh, Thon Maker. Yeah. Uh, uh, I guess he's gonna be okay. I guess if you're putting that in the mix. See, and even so, I, I want to say Levine, but I mean, again, I almost feel when I watch them play sometimes in Minnesota that it's almost like a Russ KD thing where they're playing at the same time, but there's no real synergy among them. You I know agree what I'm with you completely, actually. I don't, I, I don't feel like they're playing. To, I said this, I think. I think I said about this online where I said something about why I don't feel like Wiggins and, and Cat are playing together. They're, they're on the court at the same time, but they're not playing together. And that's is that a coaching thing? Is that is that just their their skill sets? Is Levine just a guy who's you know he's he's there to score in a vacuum like a like a, a rich man's uh, Lou Williams? I, I don't know. I, I still I think know, the answer was my proposed trade of sending Wall and Otto Porter over there. I think Otto Porter does what they kind of just need Levine to do on a consistent basis. Allows Wall and Otto Porter for who? It was uh it was what was it like? It was uh, there was a three guy trade. Noel ended up in uh, Washington. Um, Dunn ended up in Philly, and Wall and Porter ended up in Minnesota. Uh, there was someone else that moved, but essentially those were. It's got to be because they're not giving up Wall for just Nerlens. No, no, no. It was uh, Nerlens and. Oh. 
I had this on Twitter like weeks ago. And there you go, there you go, ladies and gentlemen. This is compelling radio. He's trying to remember a trade he made on Twitter. Okay, but anyways, I'm just saying a guy like Otto Porter would fit their system a little bit better than a guy like Andrew Wiggins because a guy like Otto, Otto Porter oh. knows he's a three and D guy. He's not trying to be a 20 point scorer. He rebounds really well, and I just think that balance about the same age group. I think the problem is the coach, really, and I, I, I get it. Tibbs is a great coach for a team that's ready-made, ready to win some stuff. Yeah. I think that's the problem. So It is what it is, though. What are you going to do now, right? They they, they already they got Tibbs there, and let's hope that my, – my biggest concern is that, yes, they'll be better in two years if everything holds the way it's going, and they'll learn and get better. I hope he doesn't – he doesn't. they don't start tuning him out because he's hard to play for, man. I'm, I watch him playing, and he's just bellowing on the sideline. And he never time. looks happy. Like, like, if you watch him looking up and no. down, he looks like he's a really angry dude. I watched him the other day, and, like, against the Thunder, I, I think that the guys kind of tuned him out by the end of the game. I did, because, like, Carl Anthony Towns just shot some weird little baseline jumper and then just tried Especially to back if while you're Steve Adams busted down court. Yeah, so it's... It's not even the fact that Tibbs is the bad coach. I'm insulting him. I'm just thinking, I don't know if he's a, a developmental coach, and that's what you got to be for these young guys. It, so. Now, is there any other team out there that has, like, a really, really young nucleus that's even in that conversation in your mind? Uh, the Suns. How about Philly, Embiid, Simmons? Uh, sure. I mean, we haven't seen Simmons do a minute, do a thing yet, but sure, you're right. I'll put him out there. You put the Suns already up there? Like, like I like the Suns too. I love Marquise Chris. I, I think I've seen, well, I've seen some flashes from Bender that tell me he's gonna be a special player. I love Marquise Chris. I love Devin Booker. Yeah, I like um, Booker too. I love T.J. Warren. He's a couple years older, I think, but he's still awesome. He's part of that. Uh, so that those those core players, yeah, I think the Suns have the potential with the right coaching and taking their time. They have potential to be really special. Definitely. I was just kind of looking at the Suns. I'd be like, are the Suns and uh, and uh, Timberwolves like obvious trade partners? That, For what? I don't know. I just feel like sending Bender or Len to put next to Cat would be nice. And then they have some extra wings. Like if you, I want Bledsoe to go somewhere. I want Bledsoe to go to a winning situation. I love that kid's game. He, uh, they, they actually beat the. To beat the Raptors tonight. I would love him to go to San Antonio. Let's be disruptive yeah, on that okay. squad. All right. Him and him and Cole. All right. Now you're cooking with gas. What do they trade for him? Let's get this one started right would here, Would you bro. do Bledsoe and Bender for Aldridge? No. All right, all right. What's the point? If you're, if you're, if you're Phoenix, what's yeah, the yeah, point? Yeah. What, you're getting a... A player in his prime. Well, so, the only that's thing that's I'm saying is, one. is you get a dominant kind of like, well, dominance kind of. You get, you get, you get a thirty. He's up, what, isn't, isn't Lamarcus like thirty? No, he's born eighty-five, so he's thirty-one. Um, thirty-one. So, so that the whole timeline in your development to, to match him with Devin Booker. I'm just not, trying to think, like, anything. like get him in there to maximize Chris yeah. if you've traded Bender, right? Um, uh, see, then again, you got these two. They're two kind of similar players. Chris not a back-to-back. Back to the basket player. He's like a perimeter, jump shoot kind of more athletic. Well, the problem kind of still guy. is for San Antonio though. Like, in, unless you're gonna take DeJunta Murray, like as a point guard, like maybe like way down the road, like him. I think so. Nope. I think he's ready. I think you can have to get in the minutes now. I watched him the other day, and I, hey, Suns fans, you can. Yell, I mean, Spurs fans, you can yell, me, yell at me later and give me all the details later. Just watching the way he grabbed that rebound at two off down the court, and then finished. He is so quick. He's so strong. Well, for his size, 
Um, he just moved. Sometimes you can watch the player and say that, and sometimes you're totally wrong too. You can look at the player and say, oh, he has it and he doesn't. But I just saw it in him. It just said that he was playing garbage time in those games. Does he, he not look really like Zach Levine's time. rookie year? Um, I think he looks better than Oof, Zach's rookie nice. year. Yeah. So. But do the but do the Spurs push you know pull the trigger even though some of their older guys are gone now like. On who? On Eric Bledsoe? Because you'd have to give up more than just Murray. And... Oh, yeah. Nah, yeah. It, it, it won't. Well, he's on a really good contract. Um, I'm trying to think who else they, would, they can give up. And I don't know. But either way, it'd be cool. If it Actually, the, uh, the nicest fit, I think, would be the Bucks. For who? Uh, again. For Bledsoe? Yeah. I would love to. Now, see, I, would, I would agree with you, but here's the thing. They moved, well, maybe it was just because of a Brandon Knight thing, but their excuse when they moved Brandon Knight was, we don't want to tie up all that money into our backcourt. Bledsoe is, I think, a free agent. It's got to be coming up soon. How many years did he take when he signed? But either way, he's going to be getting max money here in a couple years. So I think he's worth it. I just don't know if they're going to be willing to pay it because they also got to pay Giannis and Jabari coming up. Milton got his money a couple mm-hmm. years ago. I think this was the first year of his new contract. Yeah, extension. So they're, they're good with him. But. Yeah. Oh, and don't forget, they already got Delhi, baby. <laughs> Best point guard on the planet. Or from down under. Actually, no, he's not. I even still like Dante Exum better. <laughs> um, so, one thing I didn't mention earlier, I meant to mention the first half. I think the two, oh, yeah, the two-minute the two warning is coming up here soon. Or the, the, the two-minute mark. Um... This is an awkward situation because Dame and CJ, I like them as a dynamic duo. They, you know, somebody was saying, I think somebody wrote an article how they're the best backcourt in the league right before the, right before the tailspin started too. That's the funny part about it. But, um, Dame's been out for a couple games. See, he's, he's injured. Um, I didn't see what happened. He sprained his ankle. Right, maybe, you know, better. Than no, that. I didn't see that injury, but I can, but, uh, so coming into that game, they had lost, whew, Oh my goodness, that's ugly. That's ugly. The only game the team they beat was OKC, and they, so they're they're one and nine in their last ten coming into that game. Uh, coming to the Toronto game, you know Dame sat because his Dame was hurt, and they played Toronto and they lost by four. And then they played Sacramento and they beat them by thirteen. This is the same Sacramento that 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 beat them a couple games ago, and with Boogie went nuts. So. Somebody's been bringing this to my attention, saying that CJ and Dame need to be separated because they're both too similar. And I, I disagreed. I said when you got guys this talented, you got to keep them together. I hope it's hard to get talent like this in the league. So once you get a hold of it, you got to keep it. Portland seems to be playing a lot better in those last couple games with Dame out. And I'm not going to be one of those people who says like when Blake was hurt, oh, well, the Clippers are better without Blake. I'm not saying they're better without Dame. But you got to kind of look at this, even if it's a tiny sample size, and, and wonder: is there something, is there some way to 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 mitigate this factor that they seem to play a lot better when they're separate? Because in those last two games, CJ went for like twenty-five and seven, and it's like you know he 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 showed that he's a lead guard. Well, absolutely, but I think. They're such different players. Like, I think CJ should never be your best player. I think Dame can be. I think while they do play well together, um, I do believe, and I've said this for a while, that I don't believe assets should be that close. I, I said the same thing with OKC, having Russ and Katie as much as I love them both. Um, we're kind of 
like having right. both wing guys. Uh, I think it's the I think it's Toronto's undoing, and I think having both those guys in a backcourt. I mean, whoa, 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 slow down, hold on, hold on. Did you say that that's gonna be oh, Toronto's yeah. undoing? Uh, uh, having your best players both both be guards for sure. Okay, I will. I'm gonna rebuttal. I'm gonna have a rebuttal for you. LeBron and Dwayne Wade. Yeah, but LeBron James played multiple positions. I mean, like, like he like invented position. Mike and Scotty. Again, you could, like, Scotty would ball handle sometimes. So would. Uh, I okay. No, I mean, I I get what you're saying. You you would want your your two stars to have more complementary skill sets. Yeah, so they exactly. Match better and exactly. not have a lot of overlap. I get what you're saying. I just don't. I don't know. I think there comes a point when your players are just so good, it doesn't matter. Like I'm gonna just, again. Like, but their front court's really not right. Giannis. Like, and if you look at what Portland's front court, that's where they're getting killed. Oh yeah, that's the, that's the and, problem. And, You're right. and you they, they and you threw all that money right at Crab, who can start at the two, so you don't need both those guys. So I'm saying, if you reallocated assets, hey, hey, hold on, let's let's be real. Crab's just not I like very Crab. Good. I believe in him. I'm not ready to give up just yet, but. You know, like like we we're t- we were talking about yeah. guys like you know Boogie and Blake before. You know, like like it doesn't really make any sense with Clipperland because trading Blake for another point guard would be kind of crazy. But actually, I think CJ would play better with Paul than he does with with Lillard. I think it's not going to matter. CJ is one of those. He's a scorer out the box. Um, I, I think you put him anywhere, he'll give you twenty three to twenty four points. So I mean, sure, and he's 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 pretty good off the screens. Off the, Although off again, the you have Reddick, nice he'd, be, he'd be impossibly tiny. And well, you got to move Reddick too, then. But um, yeah, whatever. I I don't know. I I'm now I'm I'm not. I guess I'm more intrigued about the idea of of moving one of them than I was before. I definitely would. I think move CJ for Boogie. It's a huge risk. Like I'm not sure how I feel about Lillard and Boogie on the same team. Like. I think that is is a super high ceiling but low low floor kind of thing. I think that you just told me you want to put Russ in. Yeah, but I believe that 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 Russ feels slighted enough that they would just like team up and it would just be this mentality of of the world against them. I don't know if Boogie and Lillard would get on the same page that way. Maybe, maybe. If I'm wrong, it would be cool to see. I actually think their skill sets would be complementary. yeah, that'd be kind of a cool team, and that would really create. Is that enough to make them? Like, okay, if Crab comes back to form like last year, and they get healthy, and they trade CJ for Boogie. Who do you think Alan Crab was last year? I liked bro? him last year. I thought he could be like a, you know, a six-five three-point shooter. Uh, in the, I love how the only example I have in my head is Anthony Morrow. I'm like, great, pink, 17. All right, this this is my thing. This is what's so funny about what you're saying. He's actually shooting better from three this year, and he's averaging almost the exact same points. So I'm not sure what you – he's just not – he's giving you 10 points and shooting 4% from three. So he is like Anthony Morrow. And, I mean, he's supposed to be a 3 and D guy. He doesn't really play D. So I'm not sure exactly what – you know, they, they gave him 17 mil. So basically Portland in the world where every team has so much money has, has has managed to turn themselves into the Knicks of the early 2000s. Ouch. Um, I think they were, and I, I get what they were going for. They were going for a Golden State kind of thing. Uh, some long, stretchy guys who can shoot and they can play fast. And, of course, if you watch them play, they shoot a lot of threes and they try to get to the rim. Their problem is there's no Draymond. 
and and that's that's where they go wrong because there's nobody back there watching everybody's back and playing tough physical defense. Yeah. So it is what it is right now. And and they signed Evan Turner. That's a death. That's a that's a death. God, ever ever since he came out of college, I, I I never liked that guy. So I think we're 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 about done, right? Um, I gotta ask you What's one up, more brother? question. Because we talked about Cleveland and 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 uh, Golden State, and uh, it's two things. One, when's the last time you heard a coach of a team like Golden State come out and and, and publicly criticize his best player? Because you remember, he, I don't know if you saw what he said about Steph. He was like, uh, you know, Steph needs to be smarter with the ball and these big, better decisions. Th- that was kind of right. I think it's garbage. I, I I, don't really feel that Steph is, is making poor decisions. I just think it's a two-part answer. I think um, they're showing how they're missing some of their toughness more than they thought they'd be. And I think Steph and all of them were a little more protected a little before you had a few more enforcers. That, like, you know... Like, like, like guys like Barnes would get in there and be a little chippier than he was given credit for, of course. Uh, Zeely and Bogut and guys, and it like eh, not Barnes. Okay, it's, fine, Barnes fine. But I'm just saying it's more open season on them now. And the second, and the second part, sure. honestly, I think Kerr's feeling a lot of pressure, even though they have a great record. And I think he misses Walton way more than he'll he'll give credit for. I, I still think he's a good coach. I just think. I think Walton had some secret. Uh, some uh, my man, you're, com- you're coming around. Walton was the secret sauce. I think Walton was a lot of that secret sauce for that team as far as building the chemistry. And exactly. I'm with you on that one. Um, the other part I was going to say was it's funny because KD's been playing out of his mind. Dre's been great. Um, I think Clay's having a career year too. Uh, they're 27-5, and five and Steph is like, oh, yeah, we're not playing to our strengths. What do you make of that comment? Because let me ask you this. In the six games before they played Toronto and Steph kind of got loose, he had a good game, 28 points. It's, this is crazy. Remember, You remember from last year, right? This is, a good, this is a good game for him this year. 28 points, uh, 50% from the floor, three for six from three. And that's great. That's a good game. That's a really good game. I feel like that's Steph what he averaged game. last year. What? He was 30-something points of game score last year. So let me ask you this. The six games before that, just take a round guess at his stats. I'm going to say 21-4-3. He averaged 17.8 points, shot 39% from the floor, and 39% from three in the six games before that. That's that's wild. And you have KD right? uh, like, like, uh, getting all-time rebounding and percentage numbers and and he's blocking five shots again. So that my point is that it's funny. It's like I'm not trying to say there's hate and discontent. Obviously, they wanted KD, they got him. They're trying to figure it out now. Plenty of games left, but like they're winning games. They beat Portland by 45 and Utah by 30 in those six games. And it's funny to hear Steph say, "We're not playing to our strengths." You know what I'm I saying? I get what you mean. That's what's funny to me. That's what's all right. Weird to me. Lack, last fictitious trade. You'll probably laugh me out of the building on this one. But with everything you just said, would you do Steph for Gobert and George Hill? That's ridiculous. All right, all right. All right. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. It's like you're, you must I'm, be high. I'm definitely not, but I like the idea of uh, of Gobert, Green. Of no, behind? well, whatever, man. You're such a hater. But Gobert, Green. Golden State fans. Golden State fans, it's at Sporting Phil. He just proposed a Steph for 
Rudy Gobert and George Hill trade. And I don't know. I'm saying fit wise, if you look at a team with Hill, uh, Clay. I hope they kick you out of. I hope they kick you out of NAFTA for that kind of trade <laughs> that you're. you're All right, brother. Well, I, you know what, man. You know what? I, I guess the. I know what the thing is. You must have got a lot of money for Christmas. Why is this? Because that that trade you're talking about is loony. I pulled it. Canadian got joke. Me. We have loonies and toonies. Got oh, this guy. This guy. <laughs> see, see. I'm learning, and you're learning. You're learning Canadian currency. It's a good. It's a good sign, my friend. Rudy Gobert, George. Wow. I just like them. George Hill's playing well. He's putting up like 20. Like combined, they score the same thing as Curry, anyways. And you're. All right, hey, are you? Before we go, man, are you making any New Year's resolutions? Uh, New Year's resolutions. I'm actually gonna watch at least one Raptors game. That's it. <laughs> you got it yourself. That's odd. I I resolve to be more accepting and understanding uh, of the Boston Celtics. I was really happy we got out Horford, but uh, I watched them with a very critical eye all the time. And instead of trying to just enjoy the ride, I'm I'm kind of rough on them. But because uh, I mean, it's Cleveland's it's Cleveland's division, you know, uh, conference to lose. Yep. I kind of know that, but. I can't hold that against them. I got to just – they're the try-hard It's very team, big of you, brother. Well, it's going to be a, a good year. So from all of us here at the away team and Press Basketball, I want to wish you guys all a very happy new year, health, success, and uh, I guess, if anything else, more threes. Make it rain. This – oh, my goodness. This was a terrible closing. <laughs> Ryan, Ryan, leave that in there, too. Make him make him Make him make pay. Him pay. <laughs> Everybody, I hope you're playing. Hey, Brian, I hope you're playing some music over this. As we go. Hey, Brian, over this, you should be playing that, uh, what's that called, saying line? That, uh, old acquaintance, we forgot. Yeah. Oh, you're singing for me, James. Beautiful. Like,